0: This podcast is part of the Podcast Arcade Network.
1: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your co-host, Eddie. I'm Andy. I'm Pat. Join us as we go in search of the world's monsters, myths, and mysteries right here on Paranormal Dads. Okay, here we are, back in the studio again. I thought you were gonna say "back in a saddle." I did that once, and I about wrecked my vocal cords. Remember that? And I sang.
2: You did a little <laughs> Aerosmith.
1: Sang, air quotes. Uh, but we're back. It's uh, post uh, late summer. We're getting into early fall.
0: Here. Come on, fall. Come on, fall. Yeah, all, I'm for fall all for fall about reality. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I, for, for anyone it. listening, last week or th- actually this week in Omaha, Nebraska, it was so hot, birds were bursting into flames as they flew through the skies. It yeah. was like Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah, it was hot. It well, was would hot we top at about 110 for about five straight days?
2: Uh, the certainly the heat index is that high. I think the temps themselves were like 102, 103, something like that. But I think it, it got was to hot. be 104. We one did set point. some records. Yeah, a couple of records. I think
1: one of my eyeballs melted inside of my skull. Yeah, that that's a true story. <laughs>
0: And now we call him Cyclops Fossler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one eye. <laughs> oh, one eye. He can still done seeing it. Though. I done
1: see it with my one eye. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, as oh, always, no. as always, we have a great episode lined up for everybody. And if you're new to the show, we always start out uh, with the first segment, which is recent sightings. And I'm on deck for this one, guys. Here we go. Did you guys know that presently, this is this might be the most recent sighting we've ever done because it's actually going on right now. Yeah, it's like current sighting. It's current sighting. So over in over in Scotland, people threw on their kilts. They rounded up as many boats and, and sound scan and radar devices that they could, and everyone flocked to Loch Ness. Uh, they're yeah. searching for Nessie. Yeah. They're looking for the Loch Ness Monster. They they had so many uh, applicants of volunteers who w- were going there in search of the elusive creature. They actually had to cap it off and say, "Look, we can't fit any more boats in the water. Yeah. It's
2: too much."
0: I
1: said, "We don't
0: need a bigger boat. We need less boats." <laughs>
1: um, yeah, I saw they capped it off at a hundred. Like they had a hundred people who they kind of already had hired, and then a hundred more volunteers, and then they were just done like at that. Uh, I clicked on the list. You could, like, join the list, and it was already full.
2: Was, I think it's a fairly narrow waterway as, as waterways go. So yeah. if you get too many boats in there, people are going to be... It's going to be bumper
0: boats. Yeah, it's not very wide. It's it, uh, The lock itself uh, stretches for 23 miles, and it has a maximum depth of 788 feet. It's actually a freshwater... It's a freshwater body of water, and it's the UK's largest lake by volume. Now, this... Search that's currently going on is the biggest search since 1972. Yeah, it's right? a
1: coordinated thing. Uh, fun fact about Scotland though, Andy, you said they put on their kilts, they never take those kilts off <laughs>
0: <laughs> in Scotland. Anyway, Nessie's wearing one at the bottom of the hey, everybody. Loop. <laughs> Well,
2: what was the name of the one that they did in didn't they do one in
0: the 80s in the well, 80s i believe it was like 85 in two, operation what? deep scan yeah. operation yep. deep scan operation yeah, deep scan yeah i remember that as a kid, maybe it was actually. deep
2: scan 2 i don't know
0: yeah, They understand. had some big bloops and blips and beeps, and and they did, in fact, see something large down there that they can confirm on multiple uh, radar units on the boats, but it was something roughly the size of a boat, but you know how radar screens go. It was blobby and yeah. pixelated. And it's all
1: 80s tech. That sucker's analog, man. We got digital now. We're <laughs> going to be rocking it. Like, it. I had read something to the effect of they have hydrophones and underwater 3D scanners and all sorts of tech that they're employing for this one. It's a pretty exciting
0: Well, this article that I'm looking on, it says they're going to deploy drones, thermal scanners, infrared cameras, breaking out all the big guns. Uh, Not literally guns, though. Um, But they're really looking hard for this thing, says Alan McKenna, who's actually one of the co-organizers of the Loch Ness Exploration. Uh, But some of the researchers believe that the thermal scanners could actually prove crucial in identifying a strange creature uh, in the murky waters. Now, they've done this before, Operation Deep Scan and and they found a bunch of eels. They found, you know, some things down there. But truth be told, a lot of people who've been studying Nessie for years and years, they suspect it's a plesiosaur-like creature. Now, plesiosaur is kind of a marine, you know, a creature from dinosaur days. You got the four flippers. You got the big, long neck and the small head. And some skeptics will say that, you know, it's the head and neck that could be actually be confused with an eel. You know, yeah. you get some of those uh, eels that, that look really snake-like, but I don't know. It's, it's anyone's guess. Uh, problem is, I mean, with a lot of these explorations is that you put a camera down just a few feet, the water's so muddy and murky, you can't see much more than a foot in front of you, even if you have the world's brightest spotlight down there.
1: Oh, yeah. It's... You know, there's been such. What I think is so great about Loch Ness, uh, the story. This is one of Pat's favorites, by the way, right? This is like up there. I like
2: me some Nessie, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. was crushed when the doctor's photo was de- debunked. Oh, <laughs> oh the, the original, the, like the, the old original, school. Yeah, the old yeah. school photo that you see all the time yeah, uh, it was yeah. later debunked, and and uh, that I just remember as a kid looking at that photo, thinking, "Wow, this
1: is evidence. This is yeah, this is real," and. Uh, I r- no, it wasn't. And there's was a toy. I remember reading that, like, I think that that guy who did the photo, the fake, I think it was a deathbed confession. It was. I think it he was. was like, he it was like, was, by yeah. the way, it was fake.
2: Because uh. it was just recent, like, I don't know, <laughs> 90s or 2000 that he finally admitted this, so. Anyway.
0: Well, yeah. it, it took place back in 34, and yes, it was a deathbed confession. <laughs> uh, Robert Wilson, it's called actually called the surgeon's photo. Oh, the surgeon's the photo. Surgeon's, right. surgeon's photo, yeah. Photo. Yeah, Christ he was the a, a, a um, well... I think I read somewhere he was actually a gynecologist. So, so doctor's photo, surgeon's photo, whatever <laughs> yeah. you want to call it. There it is. But yeah, deathbed confession—that you know the classic, iconic, uh, grainy black and white image of a plesiosaur-like creature sticking its long neck. They, what they did is they created basically like a little, uh, little child's, fl- you know, floaty rubber duck thing, and they attached a like a small, like one foot tall silhouette to it. Took a photo. Uh, <laughs> doctored it up a little bit pun intended yeah, and it, it made is. it look a lot bigger than it actually yeah. was
1: yeah that same I'm I'm with you I was like legit like on board like this thing is real I was ready to pack my bags and just go there and find this this creature and then later on hearing I think because it was the 80s there was no internet yeah. hearing it was a fake or a you know a, a uh, you know hoax photo just devastated me, like I. <laughs> not so much that I still didn't believe in other cryptids, but I was like, no, and, you know. And then later on, there was other people who were like, yeah, it's, uh, like, like sonar, oh, not, not sonogram. But what's the, uh, what's what, what do they use in like water for like deep penetrating like
0: radar? Sonar. I don't yeah, know. some some that images that showed
1: like we were saying like some object, some big thing in the in the lock that was just excited re, reignited my excitement again. So, this
0: well, is exciting. That one was debunked, but that doesn't debunk the eleven hundred other sightings that have exactly. that have been reported throughout the years. But this this is not a new phenomenon, guys. As you know, this dates back to ancient times. There's stone carvings in the area depicting mysterious beasts with flippers. Actually, the earliest written record of the creature dates back to 565 AD. It was a biography of the Irish monk St. Columba. Yeah, St. Columba. Who, um, according to the text, you know, the monster attacked a swimmer uh, and was about to strike again. And uh, Columba basically approached the water, and he was like, devil be gone! (laughs) Exactly. As the story goes. There it is. He laid it down
2: and drove that messy
0: (laughs) away. Chucked a Bible at its head. Oh, that'll do it. That's a... (laughs) No, we can't confirm or deny that. That's <laughs> true. That's true.
1: I'm going to go with it though.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, 1933 had the the doctor's photo. Actually, no, that was in 34. Leading up to that, though, guys, in May of 33, local um, uh, newspapers were reporting a couple driving along the newly constructed Lockside Road, and they saw a tremendous upheaval in the water. Yeah, and. The creature uh, disported itself, rolling and plunging for a full minute, and its body kind of resembled that of a whale. And the water was cascading all around and churning up like a... Uh, simmering cauldron said the report and then later that year in december of that very year british newspapers uh, a, a newspaper called the daily mail recruited a south african big game hunter you know him you love him eddie marmaduke weatherall there he marmaduke. is
1: marmaduke weatherall he's like crikey <laughs> here i am on the loch ness
0: <laughs> and uh with a wh- gun <laughs> <laughs> he brings his elephant <laughs> gun fishing hook he's like a What a name for a monster hunter, though. Say that again. Marmaduke Weatherall. just doesn't get any better than that. No, you can't make... Should have his
2: own clothing line.
1: You can't make that up. He came... (laughs) What are you wearing? Some Marmaduke Weatheralls? Oh,
0: these are Weatheralls.
1: All the hats have flaps. (laughs) (laughs) All the shirts come with brass knuckles.
0: (laughs) He shows up to Scotland, cocks his gun, and he's like, Nessie's about to get marmaduked. Um, So he shows up. And he he finds large footprints that he believed belonged to a very powerful, soft-footed animal roughly 20 feet long. However, zoologists at London's Natural History Museum did their own studying on the prints and determined that the tracks were actually made... With either an umbrella stand or an ashtray that had the the base of a hippopotamus foot. Yeah, that's crazy. Now I don't know, Pat. What yeah. do you? I mean, is that just trying to debunk it, or? Well,
2: no, I've I've heard this story uh, many times, and yeah, it sounds like that was actually the case. Like this guy is a, uh, you know, big game hunter, so they made all kinds of crazy stuff. They would taxidermy feet from hippos or rhinos or whatever. And, oh yeah, and then. Uh, you know, kind of hollow them out and put a bucket in there. And then it's a good place to drop your umbrella when you walk in the house. You know, it's just like a decoration.
1: Oh, they thing. had elephant foot yeah, trash So, so they'd it's walk like around. That was not a, yeah, they <laughs> And apparently that someone
2: thought, well, let's just take this out for a walk. And they made some tracks and yeah.
1: And this is goes to show you again like just because something can be deba- or, or or faked doesn't make the the legend itself not real, you know, but it does muddy the water pun intended by the way.
2: <laughs> exactly. But but there have been other, you know, and maybe Andy's about to tell us about some of these these uh you know, some video ev- there's video evidence of, you know, a monster or creature lurking about through the lock and there's actually some pretty good ones out there that Mm. haven't been explained
0: yeah i mean and again this is a massive undertaking that's presently going on i read another article said it actually was going on last weekend as well so I, i don't know if it was delayed due to weather or what's going on but certainly it's happening right now at the time of recording this anyway But, you know, back in 72, uh, there was a huge investigation. The Loch Ness Investigation Bureau undertook the biggest search to date. They returned empty-handed. 1987, you had Operation Deep Scan, which we talked about. Then in 2018, uh, researchers actually conducted a DNA survey of the loch to determine what organisms live there. Unfortunately, uh, no signs of a plesiosaur or or other large animals were found. Uh, Basically, the results did come back. You know, there's some sturgeon, there's some eels, you know, things like that. So fingers crossed. I mean, if there's ever a expedition that's going to drum something up, it's the one currently happening. But I guess we'll have to uh, just kind of wait and see. As of now, nothing yet.
2: Makes you wonder if any of the TV networks are out there with them make it, it shows about this. Discovery,
1: right? Discovery Channel or something. Yeah, out actually, there. Cool.
0: we are getting something right now. We have a, a, a call coming in of a, a possible sighting.
1: Hello? 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 Am I coming through?
0: We have Zeke on the line. Zeke, what do you see out there?
1: Zeke! Send them home everybody. I seen it myself. Didn't have a camera handy, of course. That's just how things go. My dog Radar knocked it out of my hands. he She was so excited to see Loch Ness. Now my camera's roomed. But I saw it. Don't I drew a picture of it. do look right here. Looks like an elephant, except on the end of its trunk, it's got another head. It's crazy. This thing is splashing around, making a ruckus. And it stopped looked at me, made fun of my mama. And then went back out of the water. I'm why my guy personal, Nessie. I don't know what I did to you. But anyway, I done seen it. So you guys can just wrap it up here. It's good. Nessie's real.
0: Thank you, Zeke. Call us back if you have anything else to report. <laughs> uh, you
1: know I done seen it. You done seen it. You done heard it. Now I'm out of here. Oh God, no! Oh man, what are you doing? Come back. Oh no.
0: It's time for pop, culture,
1: and the paranormal.
2: So apparently, I think the Queen Mary has been shut down for a while. They were doing some construction or some refurbishing, but that's actually docked over in San Diego. Yeah, or, wrong coast. Um, yeah, on the other side of the world. But but um, my son has always wanted to go. the three of us to take him yeah. to go investigate the we Queen gotta Mary. we got
1: to do this. I mean, that's, so, yeah.
2: But it's open again, and he says, we still got to do that trip. There we go. So I, I came across this uh, just recently after I, I returned. There's actually a new movie out called "The Haunting of the Queen Mary." I've
1: heard of, but this,
2: this is more of like a, a horror type film. There I think we go. Yeah. It's, it's not really more of a documentary type thing, but it's billed as a psychological horror haunting uh, of the Queen Mary. Explores the mysterious and violent events surrounding one family's voyage on Halloween night in 1938 and their interwoven destiny with another family on board the infamous ocean liner in present day. So that sounds oh. like it could be a lot of fun to That does to sound
0: fun. It's like and a scary movie meets Titanic. I bet it's I the ghost say. of Jack Dawson, because uh, Homegirl didn't let him get on the floating door at the end. <laughs> exactly. And now he's mad. He's going to haunt everybody. I mean, else.
2: all she had to do was scooch over a little bit and let Just him scooch. on. Just
1: scooch? Yes. I mean, she, she twice she like really showed us who she was. She wouldn't let him on the door on that little makeshift raft, and then at the end of the movie, poor Bill Paxton, all he's doing is search, searching the ocean for this diamond. What do you call it? The, the something's heart. What was that? Oh, big Oh, the diamond? heart of gold or something. Heart, heart? heart no. of the heart ocean. Of, heart of the, yeah. yeah. And she has it the whole time. <laughs> and at the end, she's like, "I know, <laughs> I know that poor uh, Bill Paxton is looking for this, but." Like, he throws it in the ocean. Throws it in the ocean. In her. the ocean. She watches it go down with like a gleam in her eye. I'm like, why would you do that? It's gone. Who's that for? Was that for Jack? Because he didn't need that diamond. He didn't care. <laughs> By the way, he's dead. You killed him. <laughs> Rose is a murderer. <laughs> Sorry. That's the horror story. <laughs> so, so yeah, I
2: even did some looking around to see if this thing was... Because it just came out like last week. And, oh, yeah. And uh, apparently, I don't know if it's in theaters but you can uh, – it, it's available to either rent or buy on Amazon Prime.
1: Ooh, a little paranormal dads. So it's
2: available now. So that could be a date night for us, boys. There we We're go. get together and watch The Haunting of the Queen Mary, and hopefully uh,
0: Homegirl isn't going to be there to throw
2: <laughs> – Anything off the Queen Mary? She will. (laughs) She'll
0: drag (laughs)
1: us outside and drown us.
0: The ironic thing is, neither of us are scary movie buffs, so we're gonna have to crack jokes the whole time, so we don't Scooby Doo it out of the room being terrified. You know? Yeah,
2: exactly. Eddie's more the yeah. I'm gun ho. Let's do this. (laughs) Let's. (laughs) Me and Andy are more behind the couch kind of. Yeah. (laughs)
1: There's only one thing to be scared of, (laughs) guys. Blankets
2: over our heads. Exactly. So, uh, but uh, yeah, and. The, uh, the interesting thing about the Queen Mary is they, they also have a couple of different um, events around Halloween at oh. the Queen Mary. So that's when we need to go out there. They have like a haunted haunted ship kind of a thing. They they bring in actors and, and they kind of do it up like a haunted a house kind of a thing. And um, there's like two different... It's almost like a an amusement park atmosphere down there at the Queen Mary at Halloween. So, yeah. So we'd have to check that out. But... Uh, One of the things um, I found uh, about the Haunting of the Queen Mary film was that the crew had some spooky experiences in Long Beach when they were actually making the movie. Um,
0: So were they on the actual boat for portions of the filming, or did they do like a replica boat?
2: They were. They they were actually limited as to what parts of the boat they would have access to. And we're going to find out a little bit more about that um, coming up right here. So apparently two of the actors who were in um, the ship's Churchill suite, you know, I wonder if Winston showed up. Oh, it got to be. The Churchill suite, when they saw lights flickering for no reason, thinking it would be funny, they started asking the light questions. Um. And then the light answered them. There you
1: go. Get all cute. Look what happens.
2: One of the lights began to pulsate after every question. They stopped for a few minutes and nothing happened. And then they continued to ask questions and then it would pulsate again. So there seemed to be some intelligence with this flickering going on. Mm -hmm. So typical ghost thing that you would see in any haunted house with worth its salt. The yes, no questions. That's where you start. So, um, yeah, the the ship was actually, like I said, was going under some renovations at the time of the filming. So the film crew was also told there were some areas of the ship that were off limits and they weren't allowed to just wander around. However, the film crew was scolded because the ship's staff kept seeing wet footprints in the areas where no one was supposed to be. Uh, yeah. So the crew said, it wasn't us, but we kept on getting in trouble for exploring the ship and they kept calling on the radio that there were basically crew members out of bounds, the director said. I never saw anything, but I can definitely tell you, I can understand why people say they've seen things or felt a presence because there is that atmosphere here. And he said, I can see some ha- someone easily saying that the Queen Mary is haunted. So it's kind of cool that even the crew making the spooky movie got some spooks themselves.
1: Tell you what, when you go in to do a thing about the thing, and then you experience the, the thing. thing. <laughs> 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 it's like Inception. We have a haunting within a haunting. Exactly. I I had that experience when I was at the Congress Hotel in Chicago. It was like, we went there and stayed specific, specifically because it's haunted. I mean, that that's the idea. And that the Congress Hotel, that's where people get turned around quite a bit, by the way. And I didn't know this, that the Congress Hotel was the actual hotel that Stephen King stayed in that was the inspiration for the Stanley Hotel. Mm -hmm. He said it. He said it in Denver or wherever. Not Denver. Colorado. Colorado. He said it at that hotel, but the hotel he was at was the Congress in in Chicago. Chicago. (laughs) And we stayed at that hotel, and we legit went to the different areas. And there's the one room that was the inspiration. It was like room 14-something. I forget the name of the number. We can look this up. But uh, we went and me and Jill went around and checked out the hotel. And the thing that I found odd about the hotel was it's huge. It's a huge hotel. It's a a Chicago skyrise type building. And most of it is hotel. And the thing that I found interesting when we checked in and we're looking around, you feel like you're the only one there because it's so big. And eventually me kind of using my like logistic paranormal dad brain, what we noticed over time was we felt like we were like, the only people there, but every so often, we would see people there, and I'm like, but on different floors, and I'm like, that's weird, because our floor was all but empty, like, we had, like, two people on our floor counting us, and then we'd go up and down and see other people, but we're like, why aren't we all just on one floor, you know, like, what's going on? I asked um, the uh, hotel staff uh, at the front desk, I was like, hey, I just noticed that it seems like we're kind of spread out, like, how come you don't fill a floor up and then move up is there a special room or something like no no the rooms are pretty much you know one two bedroom suites there's nothing really a couple of like presidential suites and things like honeymoon suites and and penthouses and stuff but nothing like beyond the normal and i was like well why do you stack why do you kind of break it up like in case we have to shut a floor down we can move it's easier to move to relocate (laughs) two or three people because we have such a crazy ghost activity In this hotel, that if floor two gets weird, we only have to move two or three people (laughs) versus clear out an entire floor. floor. I was like, Are you kidding me? This hotel is that haunted. They're like, Yeah. People will have stuff in their hotel rooms moved. And this is where, like, uh, my girlfriend, very practical minded, not, she is open to this. Like, she's had her own experiences, but it takes a lot to move the needle. And we just walked into our room and she is like, This room feels weird. And I won't lie, there's like a, and it's weird when you go to places like that, there's times it kind of comes and goes, but like there's this weird like radiation effect of just this overarching, overarching feeling of just like, I'm not alone in this room, there's some weird energy here, and it kind of, yeah, I, it's interesting when you go to a place like the, like the Queen Mary director was saying, like how it just feels. Sketchy. Occupied, yeah. you know. Bring your pro- proton pack. That's for sure. That ghost traps. <laughs> just don't
0: cross the streams.
2: Don't cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that.
1: <laughs> Water joke again. <laughs> 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 Queen Mary. <laughs> ah, Queen Mary. I, I would love to get out there. We would love to. Do- Anyone out there in that area listening, you should uh, send us uh, any sort of uh, tips or tricks we should know about the Queen Mary. They're like, yeah, just don't go in those areas you're not supposed to go. <laughs> the wet footprints. Absolutely. now it's time for the main mystery. (laughs) All right, everybody. Welcome to the main mystery. Today, we've talked about this, but we never just dove right into this. Today's main mystery. Get your climbing gear, put on your boots, get your ropes and your hooks and your cool little Alpine, alpine mountain climbing hats. We're going to go to Mount Shasta. 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 <laughs> Did you say I'm going to keep that. Shasta. Shasta. Shasta.
0: I have a rock here somewhere from Mount Shasta. What? No, I do. Yeah. Where is it? Uh, it's on my bookshelf here somewhere. That's a look- uh, my cousin lives at is the base it? of Mount Shasta. Um, a giant chunk of And it's a green tourmaline that ah. her husband found, and it's said to attract aliens. Oh, nice. There you go. Um, so this...
1: Could end up leading into like a rabbit hole type type uh, main mystery where we kind of pick this up in, in other sh- uh, episodes down the line.
2: Dude, it's a creepy
1: place. It's a creepy weird place. Andy found his Mount Shasta rock. Look at this. Careful holding it. You'll get probed. That is sharp, too, man. You can make a little knife out of that one edge. Yeah, Holy you hold crap. it,
0: though. It kind of lures them in now that now you're on the radar. I'm going to lick it. Sit out on my back. <laughs> did you just lick my tourmaline? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Sit out on the back deck with this
2: in your hand. Just hold it up to the sky. See how late you can Do make it one through edge. the night. It's like a knife. It is. You could cause some
1: damage with this. Put that on a stick and start, like, just... <laughs> if anybody <laughs> comes near you, you'd be like... Get away. I got my paranormal spear. Oh
0: my God, (laughs) you did lick it.
1: I did. It's all shiny. (laughs) I wanted to get the powers of Mount Shasta. I'm sorry,
0: Andy. I'm going to sanitize my green tourmaline now.
1: I should have gotten permission. Before I licked your tourmaline, of
0: course I'm handling it and tossing it up and We're down all... in my hand, and it's like, oh, this is
2: a, this is cool. We're all handed to Andy. He's, he's like holding
1: it with two <laughs> fingers. Eww. The scariest thing for me
0: is not ghouls and ghosts and goblins; it's germs. I'm, I a, know. I'm a germaphobe, and I just sorry. licked Andy's rock.
1: <laughs> so Mount Shasta is in uh, Northern California, and it's uh, visually impressive. It's a very beautiful looking mountain range, and. Um, There have been all sorts of stories. I'm going to kind of go down the list, but the thing about Mount Shasta is that the story runs a lot deeper than this. In 1899, Frederick Spencer Oliver published A Dweller on Two Planets, which claimed that survivors from a sunken continent called Lemuria were living in, on, or under Mount Shasta. And so there's a whole side discussion we can get down to later in a later episode about Lemuria. That's a whole thing. Lost continent of Lemuria, mm-hmm. which, like between the two of, of Atlantis and Lemuria, there's actually more evidence of Lemuria being a thing. And uh, we can, we'll do that. We'll put that on another episode, kids. Mount Shasta, Northern California. And. There has been multiple, and this is where it gets very hard because there's just so many of these stories. But people who live at the base of these mountains or around that area who have seen and witnessed UFO activity all around this mountain range, and the stories tend to be the same: some weird UFO type object seen flying in and out of the mountain, just boom, boom. And the thing that's really crazy is if anybody who out there is listening or what not what, listening, but watching the new um, Skinwalker Ranch. The season ended, spoiler alert for everybody, by the way, in case you don't want to be spoiled. Sorry, guys. Here we go. <laughs> go ahead and spoil it. The season it yet, The season ends with them seeing an actual UFO fly in and then out of the Mesa. Oh, my gosh. Literally. They have it on camera, just whoosh, right in, and then it comes out. They're just, they're just like, what's, hap- what's happening? What's what's the story here? And they had deep penetrating radar that was up done from near, near suborbital that Was able to scan, do a really like low residence scan on the mount on the uh, mesa, and they're like, There is a tunnel, there's a fortified metallic structure that looks like tunnels underneath the mesa. So, there you go, there's that. But the thought with this could be the same is that there is some sort of underground complex or underground city in Mount Shasta, and that was something that was theorized by uh, this gentleman, uh, Frederick Spencer Oliver, and then. Um, later on, other people went in to investigate and see uh, these stories about uh, Mount Shasta. Now, this is where it gets interesting, too. People around the area reported UFOs. They have also seen people, uh, people uh, in robes, uh, people who look very interesting, very not, not like us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reports were they were very tall, almost like the uh, uh, description of like... Um, nordic aliens uh like tall humanoid looking but very like uh pale and very like long blonde hair and then um um, there has been a story of people who have actually gone into the caves of mount shasta and have gone down into them and have found remnants of an old civilization of an actual like uh, jars and and pots and carvings and things like that and i think the last story i read was uh, up to eight miles into the cave system. Um, wow! Also, there's well, no have wonder been... why they're pale. They you do not get they don't... any sunlight, get no, any vitamin D in it. No cave. No vitamin D whatsoever. You save, you save a lot of money on sunblock. It's true. <laughs> you know. Um, also, eleven unsolved disappearances of people around um, that ca- uh, that cave, that mountain system. Mm-hmm. So. um there's, been st- there's uh, honestly hundreds of stories of UFOs and, and not so many hundreds, but several dozens of stories of seeing robed people and strange people around in and around that area. Some of the stories of the people of Lemuria were that they were actually giants, that they were actually tall. Not giant like 30 feet, but more like 10, 12 feet tall. And so there's some connectivity to the ancient stories of giants and then, and then lost continents with that. Um, so let's discuss Mount Shasta. And you have a rock that I licked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have a rock from
0: there that you just tainted sure. with your saliva. <laughs> that, you may develop superpowers, for all we know. I, I mean, I don't think anyone's ever licked a green tourmaline from Mount Shasta before. Check it off on my old bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> no, Mount is a weird place. you got UFO sightings, you have lore and legend. Pretty squatchy as well. Yeah, tons I think there's been plenty
2: of, of Bigfoot, Bigfoot sightings out there as well.
0: Yeah. Well, like I was saying, my cousin Sandra... Uh, her husband Waylon actually pans for gold out there, which sounds pretty fun if you know what you're doing. But yeah, yeah, yeah you got disappearances, really squatchy. You got some throwing some dogman sightings, UFOs, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, what is it? I mean, how far do those caves go? It's really easy to get turned around in a cave, first of all. So those eleven people who disappeared makes you makes you wonder. Maybe they wandered into a cave. You get just hundred yards into a cave, you can easily get dis- disoriented and not be able to find your way out. Yeah, oh, yeah. You
2: better be dropping some breadcrumbs or something if you go in, because I could see how you could get
1: real turned around in there. Um, according to a man by the name of Guy Ballard, which is almost like a monster hunter name, <laughs> um, while hiking in Mount Shasta, encountered a man who introduced himself as Count of St. Germain. Have you guys heard of this guy? Yeah, it rings a bell. The Count of St. Germain, the uh, story, is that this person discovered um, immortality. Oh. And that uh, there's thoughts that he may be... there's a, Now, the Count of St. Germain, we will do a separate episode on this guy. But the bottom line is, he was an alchemist, a philosopher, and there's people who believe that he may have been an actual vampire. Or that he did discover something about immortality, didn't tell anybody because he's like, I'm not telling people about <laughs> this. And he literally is an immortal walking around this planet, and people will run into him. So
0: there you go. There's that one. Sounds French, wow. where they call him Saint Germain. Right? Saint Germain. It's perfect. Uh, yeah, he's vampire. He got a bowl. He got a bowl full of blood. He has his baguette. He's dipping the baguette in some blood. You know,
1: yeah. looking at the other it's people tasty. he's associated with, it's looking like it's uh, he may be French. French or German? French pronunciation. There you go, Andy. Saint-Germain. Saint-Germain. But yes, uh, a person introduced himself as the Count of Saint-Germain. And uh, here we go. According to a legend, J.C. Brown was a British prospector who discovered a lost underground city beneath Mount Shasta in 1904. Brown had been hired by the Lord Cowdrey Mining Company of England to prospect for gold and discovered a cave which sloped downward for 11 miles. There's the 11 miles. In the cave, he found an underground village filled with gold, shields, and mummies, some being up to 10 feet tall. So there you go.
0: Man. They they should have been uh, recruiting NBA basketball players from that spot. Just saying, you know. Like, (laughs) what is
1: basketball? (laughs) 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 What is this basketball? (laughs) This is
0: basketball. (laughs) You kick it with your foot, yes?
1: (laughs) 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 To the basket. It's like a phrase like a picnic basket. (laughs) Um, I find this particularly fascinating because, uh, again, this is one of these things where uh, everything from this notion of a civilization that's like, we're going to go somewhere where the surface dwellers can't interfere with what we're trying to do. We we want to advance. Y'all are killing each other, so we're going to go and do our own thing. And so this notion in some ways that these UFOs that we see and all of this, if not trans-dimensional, are an advanced expression of, of frankly, human technology that's just been allowed to not be destroyed by world wars and... And uh, bigotry and all this stuff. So it's an interesting. I love this topic. And they, like we said, it's a veritable cornucopia of paranormal sightings in that area. It's a very just electric kind of place. Yeah. Another another thing that
2: you hear a lot about with Mount Shasta are lenticular clouds. Kind of like UFO clouds are, are fairly common around there. Yeah. Um, while it's just you know a normal natural thing that occurs in nature. It's also pretty weird. <laughs> to a lot, to it happens a lot there,
0: and it all happens right right there around Mount Shasta. So it almost reminds you of those iconic pictures of like Mount Fuji in Japan. You know yeah. these very saucer smooth uh, shaped clouds. But I, I, you know I don't know. It's all it's all fun and games. So one of them moves and the other ones don't, right? Yeah. Because I've personally seen it was in the late '90s, and I saw a lenticular shaped cloud. The only one in the sky among other normal looking clouds. And I was keeping my eye on it because it looked like a perfect uh, saucer, kind of at a little bit of a, a horizontal angle. And then it starts moving yep. in relation to the correct clouds around it. It's the only cloud in the sky that's moving at a pretty good clip, goes behind another cloud and completely disappears, never comes out the other side. There you so, go. I don't know, maybe they're cloaking. Yeah,
1: I mean, this is where people talked about UFOs being able to change their appearance in a way that you would see it as a cloud or you would see it as something else because they're able to do that, which, again, if you're able to go Mach (laughs) 300,000, then you're able to probably make your craft look like something else. Um, Flying, I remember flying over, like, uh, when I was going to California for work, we flew over the Colorado Rockies, you fly over mountain ranges and you look down at them and you're like, anything could hide in here. You know, given the right set of circumstances, if you had a clean water supply and anything at all, you could just hide in here. And it would take, I don't think anybody would know. Like, if you knew what you were doing and could subsist in a mountainous area, there's areas and pockets where you could just be there forever and nobody would know. And and I think about that when I see these stories where I'm just like, these mountain ranges are almost a, a perfect place to, to hide, if you were. Because we as humans... Like you see, it, parts of the world where we're there's very little human activity. You know, you're like, there's no people here, and the mountain ranges tend to do that. It's hard living, you know, and hmm. and so the notion of a, a a a whole society that's like, we're gonna not only do this, we're gonna make sure we go in a place that y'all typically don't want to go. Um, I would love to camp around, I and mean, there's got to be campgrounds and all that around Mount Shasta somewhere. Oh, I'm sure. Because get Andy a fresh rock that hasn't been licked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, and, and you never know what you're going to see there. That's that's It's this, you know, hodgepodge of various anomalies. And, you know, again, you're looking for UFOs, you're looking for Bigfoot, you're looking for Dogman, you're looking for just weird energy, a couple ghost stories, missing persons cases. Mount Shasta has all of it.
1: Yeah. Even, real quick, Native American legends are tied to Mount Shasta as well. Um the, they're saying, inhabited by the spirit chief Skell, who descended from heaven to the mountain summit, Skell fought with the spirit of the below word, Lao, who resided at Mount Ma- Mazama by throwing hot rocks and lava. Um, so, again, you've got other cultures tying something paranormal to this to this mountain range. I just think it's fascinating. I'd love to get out there at some point.
2: It's just a cool-looking mountain, too. You always see the snow on the,
1: on the peak and... It's a cool place. California's crazy. You hear California, you don't realize it has such a diverse, like topology, you know, like of the whole area: mountains,
0: beaches, deserts, cities. Get, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's more diverse. It's like in terms of biomes, it's more diverse than most countries. Yeah. Forests. I mean, you yeah. got you got skiing, uh, both snow and water. You have Death Valley. You know, you have the the coastline. You have the biggest trees on planet Earth up there with the redwoods and the sequoias. It's a crazy place. God. And one of the most beautiful places you can imagine. So. It's a
1: gorgeous. I mean, the photo I'm looking at right now is just glorious. So, yeah, anybody who lives around that area, let us know what you've seen. Share your stories with us. We're on the, all the social medias. Uh, be sure to follow and like us and all that fun stuff. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you see. If you see anything around the Mount Shasta area, be sure to let us know. We could name drop you on the show.
2: Hey, And if you're looking for something good to read, check out Old Soul Young Spirit by... Number one best-selling author Andy Myers, which is now available on Amazon. Thank and you, thank you, guys. Anywhere yeah. else? It would yeah, be
0: available? Amazon's a place to get it. You can check out my website as well. But yeah, we we're pretty thrilled it, it hit the number one spot in a few different categories. And thanks, guys, for getting a copy. And I dedicated the book to. Mr. Eddie Fossler right here, the old soul with the youngest spirit, and and yeah, it's just fun doing this show with you guys. I done seen it. He did dedicate it. I done
1: seen it. I done <laughs> seen it. Um, also, we don't have a time yet, but uh, mark your calendars, October 7th, uh, Andy and I will be at the Alamo Draft House in Omaha, Nebraska, or La Vista, Nebraska, if you're paying attention, uh, the only Alamo Draft House here in town. And we'll, we'll, we will be uh, uh, hosting and then doing a panel after of uh, the film. Andy, what was the full
0: title oh, on that? Yeah, one? the title is called Shadows in the Desert, High Strangeness in the Borrego Triangle. Uh, the, the film was made by podcasting legend over at Monsters Among Us, Derek Hayes. Uh, this was many years in the making. They finally got this documentary out. They opened it up to do filmings at, you know, indie theaters around the country. And when I heard uh, Omaha mentioned on the show, I was like, you know, hot dang, because uh, it's right in our wheelhouse. So yeah, we're going to be there hosting it. Unfortunately, Pat has a did another engagement. Previous engagement. I won't be able to make it, but uh, wish I could. It's going like a good time. It should be fun. But stay tuned for more details, because that'll be a really fun night. We're going to do a little panel, a little Q&A. Eddie can schmooze the audience afterwards, signing autographs, kissing babies.
1: With tales of high strangeness and done seen itness. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks. We'll see you.
1: Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paranormal Dads. I'm your coat without too spicy. It was a little spicy. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> right, here we go. I need to do one more take on that? It's perfect. No, I think it was okay. <clears throat> okay, I thought I rushed to join us as we go in search of. I was recording, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>